Welcome back to another exhilarating episode of the Biome Podcast. I'm Graham, your guide on this journey into the, Earth's, into the heart of Earth's most fascinating ecosystem. Are you ready for today's adventure? But before I have some announcements quickly, we have some amazing things in the works for the Biome membership specifically. Biome last month released its first issue of its very own magazine, so you have great articles, activities, and interesting things directly to your inbox. It was and is really very exciting. What's even more exciting is the second issue is being released next week, and it's exclusively for Biome members. The membership is great for you, or it makes a great gift, and it's only getting better. Currently, you get access to exclusive content from articles to early access um, for activities like quizzes and more. There's also the new Bio Magazine, which I mentioned, and it's exclusively for members. And starting this month, we're also releasing a third podcast episode exclusively for members as well. There is always more launching soon, so stay tuned and follow us on social media. Or feel free to sign up for our free email newsletter, as we'll be sending out an email with all the announcements as well. 100% of the profits from the membership fee go directly towards helping species on the brink of extinction, so it's definitely a great cause. Head on over to biomedia.org or thebiompodcast.com and sign up for the membership or our free newsletter and be the first to get announcements. Now, with that being said, let's get back to our exploration of life of an animal that can be found in the coldest areas and has one of the warmest coats on uh, on the planet. So, without further ado, it's time for the Animal Spotlight. Welcome to the Animal Spotlight, the section where curiosity meets the wonders of the natural world. Today, our spotlight shines brightly on the Arctic fox, a resilient survivor of the North's harsh winter embrace. I'm Graham, here to guide you through the life and science behind one of Earth's most enchanting creatures. In this episode, as winter's frost kisses the tundra, we turn our gaze to the arctic fox, whose scientific name, Vulpes lagopus, speaks of its velvety feet, a whisper of evolution's brilliant design for snowbound life. We'll unearth how this animal, no larger than a common house cat, navigates the complexities of its icy domain. With each step we take together, we'll decode the arctic fox's physical and behavioral adaptations, those remarkable traits that allow it to dance across the snowfields with grace and tenacity. From its luxurious fur that changes with the season, to its keen ears that can hear the scuttle of a lemming beneath the ice, every aspect of the arctic fox is a marvel of ecological perfection. As educators and students of the wild, we'll also reflect on the importance of the arctic fox as an indicator species and its role within the arctic ecosystem. So let's delve into the world of the arctic fox. Let's learn, marvel and grow in our understanding as we highlight this jewel of the winter wilderness. As we venture into the heart of the arctic, an expanse of white stretches beyond the horizon. 
It's a blow of ice and snow that beckons with its silent beauty. This is the realm of the Arctic Fox. A place where every breeze tells a story and every snowflake holds a secret. In this frigid landscape, where temperatures can plummet to minus 50 degrees Celsius, the Arctic Fox makes its home. A petite mammal whose weight barely tips the scales at 3 to 8 kilograms possesses an astounding resilience to the cold. But what makes the Arctic so formidable, you might ask? The ground here is permanently frozen, a condition known as permafrost. And for the majority of the year, this landscape is locked under snow. Plant life is sparse, and food is a puzzle that requires both wit and will to solve. Within its icy fortress, the Arctic fox's life unfolds. With a distribution that spans the circumpolar Arctic regions, this species has conquered terrains from Canada to Russia, adapting to variances in habitat and temperature. It's a creature that wears many coats, quite literally. As we'll discover, its fur is a marvel of adaptation, changing with the seasons to provide camouflage against the stark whites of winter and the muted browns and greens of the summer tundra. The Arctic fox is a sentinel in its icy world, its presence a sign of tundra's health. It's not just a survivor, but a key player in the Arctic ecosystem. Through its role as a predator and prey, it forms a vital link in the chain that sustains life here, where the earth breathes cold and every living being is intimately connected to the cycle of the season. In the coming moments, we'll explore the intricate dance of survival that the Arctic fox performs each day, how it finds its food, raises its young, and endures the extremes that define its home. Amidst the shimmering expanse of the Arctic, the fox's fur is more than mere attire. It's a dynamic expression of life's adaptability. Let's turn our attention to the Arctic fox's most striking feature, its coat, an ever-changing jacket that reflects the rhythms of the season. The Arctic fox's pelt is a marvel of adaptation, a masterpiece tailored by the unyielding hand of its environment. During the winter, its fur transforms into a pristine white, echoing the snow-laden terrain it calls home. This wintry cloak is more than just camouflage. It's a multi-layered barrier against the bitter cold, a shield meticulously woven from guard hairs and a dense insulating underfur. When the Arctic summer paints the tundra in hues of green and brown, the fox's coat follows suit, morphing into a patchwork of browns and greys. This change though gradual, is as precise as the movements of the celestial bodies above. The science behind the seasonal shift is fascinating. Driven by changes in daylight, a process known as photoperiodism triggers hormonal changes within the fox, sparking this transformation of fur. Now, 99% of foxes follow this color pattern, but there is one other color morph which is a genetic anomaly and seems to only affect about 1% of the population. These foxes don't actually change their color. Instead, they spend um, most of their, or the entire year with a dark blue, 
brown or gray coloration. This adaptive coloring though that the other 99% have protects the arctic fox from predators and aids in its own hunt for prey. It's a survival strategy that has been honed over millennia, enabling the fox to blend in with its surroundings, becoming a ghost in the snow or a shadow on the summer tundra. Now, beyond its color, the fur of the arctic fox has physical properties that make it one of the warmest in the animal kingdom. Its insulative quality is such that the fox can endure temperatures that would freeze other mammals' blood. Specifically, the fox doesn't start to shiver unless the temperature drops below minus 70 degrees Celsius or about 90, minus 94 degrees Fahrenheit. Additionally, there can be as much as a hundred degree Celsius, at least, degree difference between the outside temperature and the internal body temperature of the fox. Within the tundra's frozen embrace, the arctic fox is a picture of patience and precision. Its primary prey, the lemming, is a rodent that tunnels beneath the snow. The fox must rely on its keen sense of hearing and an acute ability to detect the subtle vibrations of its hidden prey. When a lemming is sensed, the fox performs a characteristic hunting leap a pounce that sends it diving through the snow to catch the prey in the burrow below. Now, this hunting method is as much a science as it is an art. Studies have shown that the arctic fox can determine the precise location of its prey under the snow, a remarkable feat of biological engineering. Yet, its diet is not limited to lemmings. That's just its primary source of prey. The fox is an opportunistic feeder though, taking birds, eggs, and even carrion showcasing its adaptability in a landscape where the menu changes with the availability of resources. The arctic fox, however, is not the apex predator in its environment. It must constantly be aware of polar bears and wolves, its competitors for food, and sometimes its predators. The fox's small size and agility served well in these encounters, allowing it to escape to safety with a burst of speed that belies its delicate form. The relationship though between the arctic fox and its prey is a delicate balance, one that is essential for the health of the tundra ecosystem. The fox's hunting practices contribute to controlling lemming populations, which in turn influences the reproductive success of arctic birds and an overall structure in the food web. In this frigid theater, the arctic fox is a symbol of the intricate link between predator and prey. It's a dynamic that is essential for the stability of the ecosystem. A dance of survival where each step, each leap, each moment of stillness is a note in the symphony of the natural world. Now as we continue to trek through the life of the arctic fox, let's turn our gaze to the most remarkable adaptations those special characteristics that are woven into the very fabric of its being, allowing it to thrive where others would falter. First, let's consider the paws. The arctic fox's feet are a masterpiece of natural design. They're covered in thick fur, functions like, which functions like built-in snowshoes, distributing the fox's weight as it treads over the snow and ice. This adaptation keeps it nimble and quick, even on the softest of drifts. It's not just fur that makes these paws unique though. 
There is also a blood flow, a specialized circulatory system that retains heat and prevents frostbite even in the depths of winter. Now, you might wonder why a fox would, um, I mean, it would probably lose a lot of heat to its paws, especially if that's where they sweat. But the interesting thing about the Arctic fox is that it just keeps enough um, blood flowing to the pads, its foot pads, to keep the foot pads above zero so that they don't freeze. In fact, it has a special circulatory system that allows it to, um, regardless of the temperature of its core body, the temperature of the foot pads will stay just above zero. Now, the fox's keen sense of smell further complements these adaptations, allowing it to locate carcasses buried deep within the snow. It can be a lifetime or a lifeline in the lean winter months. This scent is so refined that it can detect the faintest odor of a seal den, often leading to food sources shared by large predators. Within the Arctic fox's skull lies an auditory system fine-tuned for the quietest sounds. The ability to hear low-frequency sounds is vital, aiding in the detection of prey scurrying beneath the snow. This exceptional hearing also means that the fox can listen for the calls of conspecifics and what we mean by conspecifics is that other foxes, ensuring it can find a mate during the breeding season, and despite the vast and desolate expanses that it may roam, it still ha manages to find a mate. Now, Arctic foxes are often perceived as lone wanderers of the tundra, but beneath this solitary facade lies a creature of complex social structure. During the breeding season, they exhibit a remarkable level of social organization. Monogamous pairs establish dens, elaborate networks of tunnels and chambers, which have been used by multiple generations. They care for the young as a testament to their social nature, as both parents work tirelessly to provide sustenance for their offspring. Communication above, among the foxes is multifaceted, involving a series of sounds from barks to howls, each with its own distinctive meaning. Body language, too, plays a crucial role, with postures and movements conveying messages of territory, dominance, or submission within their family groups and to outlanders, or even outsiders. Conservation efforts are paramount in ensuring that these foxes continue to dance across the snow for generations to come. By understanding their behavior and any threats that they face, we can take action to protect the arctic fox and its habitat. From the resilient fur that shields it against the biting cold, to the paws that whisper across the snow-laden ground, the arctic fox embodies the spirit of adaptation. It's not just an animal, it's a testament to the ingenuity of nature, a living lesson in the art form of survival against the most formidable elements. Though the fox's story or through the fox's story, we've glimpsed the broader web of Arctic life, the intricate dance of the predator and prey, the silent symphony of survival that plays out beneath the northern lights. We've learned how much each adaptation, each behavior, and each life cycle is a critical note in the symphony, 
contributing to the delicate balance of the ecosystem. The future of the Arctic fox is inextricably linked to our own actions and the health of our planet. It stands as both a beacon of the wild's enduring spirit and a barometer of the environmental changes we face at a global scale. The conservation and research efforts dedicated to understanding the Arctic fox are more than acts of scientific inquiry. They are gestures of respect towards the profound connection we all share with life on Earth. As we part ways with the Arctic fox in today's episode, let's carry with us not just the facts and figures, but a sense of awe for its tenacity, a recognition of its place in our world, and a commitment to safeguarding its snowy sanctuary. Welcome back to the Biome Podcast, where curiosity meets the wonders of the animal kingdom. In today's technical deep dive, we're going to unravel an ecological principle that's as intriguing as it is influential in the natural world. Imagine standing on a gradient from the equator to the poles. You'd witness a fascinating pattern. Animals grow larger as you move towards cold climates. This observation isn't just a mere coincidence, it's a piece of a complex ecological puzzle known as Bergman's Rule. It's named after the 19th century German biologist Karl Bergman. But what does size have to do with survival? And why would the Arctic fox be fluffier and more robust than its desert-dwelling counterparts? These questions touch the very essence of Bergman's Rule, which proposes that animal size increases with colder environments. As we explore this rule, we're not just learning about size and scales, we're discovering how animals adapt to the challenges posed by their habitats. We're seeing adaptation in action and understanding how the environment can shape the very body of an organism. So whether you're a long-time wildlife enthusiast or just love to soak up new knowledge, join us as we delve into the physiological, ecological and conservation-related aspects of Bergman's rule. Let's start with the history. In the early 1800s, a German biologist by the name of Karl Bergmann observed something rather remarkable. He noticed that within a species of birds and mammals, individuals from colder climates tend to be larger than their counterparts in warm areas. This wasn't a singular anomaly, but a recurring pattern that seemed to whisper a deep truth about life on Earth. In Bergmann's rule, we as we came to call it, suggests that animal size is closely linked to the environmental temperature. The rule posits that for many endothermic or warm-blooded animals, larger body size is found in colder regions, while smaller body sizes are typical of species in warmer regions. Now why might this be? The principle is rooted in the idea of thermoregulation, the ability of an organism to maintain its body temperature within certain boundaries even when the surrounding temperature is very different. It's a vital function for warm-blooded creatures who must keep a constant temperature to thrive. Now, the science behind Bergman's rule is fundamentally about heat, how it's generated, conserved, and therefore lost. Larger animals have a smaller surface area relative to their volume. This means that less of their body is exposed to the cold relative to their overall mass, and they lose heat more slowly. Conversely, in warmer climates, 
A smaller body with a larger surface area relative to volume helps animals to shed excess heat more efficiently. This rule helps us make predictions about an animal's size, its heat retention capabilities, and how it might adapt to its environment. And while it's more of a trend than an absolute law, it provides an invaluable framework for understanding the relationship between climate and morphology, which is the form and structure of an organism. But remember, nature seldom works or follows strict rules without exception. As we'll uncover, Bergman's rule is a principle with its fair share of outliers, and exploring these exceptions can be as enlightening as observing the rule itself. Let's dive deeper into the inner workings of Bergman's rule by looking at the physiological reasons behind the ecological pattern. At its heart, the rule is all about thermoregulation, which is what we spoke about. The biological magic that enables warm-blooded creatures to maintain their internal heat, despite the whims of the external world. Now, imagine the Arctic fox, snug in its icy habitat. One might wonder how it resists the biting cold. At least, part of that secret lies in its body size and shape, which are governed by principles of heat production and retention. Larger animals with a greater mass have more cells at work, producing heat as a byproduct of metabolism. This heat needs to be conserved to prevent the body from succumbing to the surrounding chills. Here, the concept of surface area to volume ratio comes into play. A smaller ratio means less body surface for heat to escape through, and this is precisely what larger body size affords. The Arctic fox, with its stout form, conserves heat far more efficiently than a smaller animal might in the same frigid conditions. It's a remarkable example of how adaptation has sculpted species to fit their thermal niches. But it's not just about size. It's about the balance between losing heat to the environment and generating it within the body. In colder climates, the conservation of heat becomes paramount. Insulation like fat and fur and a lower surface area to volume ratio work together to shield the internal fires of metabolism from the frosty embrace of the Arctic air. Conversely, in the sultry heat of the tropics, where overheating is a genuine concern, animals tend to be smaller. A higher surface area to volume ratio allows for quicker dis heat dissipation, a trait we see in many desert adapted species. So while the grandeur of a larger animal in colder regions may capture our imaginations, it's the underlying physiology, this delicate balance of energy and temperature, that truly tells the story of survival in the diverse tapestry of life on our planet. As we journey from the equator to the poles, Bergman's rule reveals itself into a variety of species, each telling a story of adaptation and survival. This biogeographical principle has been observed in countless endothermic species, serving as a testament to the rule's global relevance. Take, for example, the American black bear. In the northern reaches of their range, they are significantly larger than their southern relatives. This isn't merely a coincidence, it's an adaptation for thermal regulation, in line with Bergman's rule. But the rule extends beyond the mammals, often cited in classic examples. Bird species also demonstrate this pattern. European populations of the sparrowhawk are larger than those found in the Mediterranean. 
The size variance is not a random distribution, but a calculated adjustment over generations to conserve heat in colder climates and enhance survival. Even within the same country, this rule can become evident. In the United States, the white-footed mouse presents larger body sizes in the north compared to the south. It's a pattern that has been documented thoroughly, with data correlating climatic variables with body size across various regions, emphasizing the rule's consistency. It's important to note, though, that Bergman's rule is not without its exceptions. For example, some pinnipeds, like seals, do not always follow the rules strictly. Their aquatic lifestyle adds complexity to the relationship between size and temperature regulation, demonstrating that Bergman's rule has its limitations and is influenced by multiple ecological and evolutionary processes. Nevertheless, though, when considering the sheer diversity of species displaying this trend, from the robust polar bears of the Arctic to the larger-bodied foxes and hares of the north, it becomes clear that Bergman rule has significant explanatory power in the study of animal adaptations. As we examine this rule, it's not just the animals that grow larger, it's our understanding of the natural world that expands. While Bergman's rule offers a compelling narrative about the influence of climate on the size of warm-blooded animals, nature is replete with nuances that challenges our understanding. So let's delve into some exceptions and controversies that spark discussion among scientists and naturalists alike. One of the most intriguing exceptions is found on the islands of the Mediterranean. Here we see a reversal of Bergman's rules with certain species like the wild boar. They tend to be larger on the islands than they are on the mainland. This phenomenon, known as the island rule or Foster's rule, suggests that size evolution on islands can follow a different set of ecological dynamics, such as limited resources and reduced predation predators or pressures. Furthermore, in 2003, a study in the Journal of Ecography scrutinized Bergman's rule across 52 North American tree squirrel populations. The findings were complex. Some squirrel populations did not confirm to the rule, prompting questions about other ecological factors at play, such as habitat fragmentation and resource availability. Another controversy arises in the deep sea gigantism observed in maritime invertebrates and fish. Here, in the cold and pressurized depths of the ocean, larger sizes are thought to be more about delayed maturity and extended lifespan than thermal regulation. This phenomenon stands as a thought-provoking exception to the expectations of Bergman's rule. Moreover, Bergman's rule seems less applicable to ectothermic animals like reptiles. In these species, ambient temperature controls body temperature, and larger sizes can be a disadvantage for, wanting, uh, for warming up efficiently. A study published in the Global Ecology and Biogeography uh, Bio Biogeography Journal in 2017 suggests that unlike endotherms, ectotherms often show a reverse Bergman's rule. These exceptions and controversies highlight the rule's limitations and the fact that biological principles are really universal. Each exception invites us to expand our research and refine our theories, ensuring that our understanding of the natural world is as dynamic and diverse as the life it seeks to explain. In the mosaic of ecological knowledge, 
Bergman's rule not only enriches our understanding of species adaptation, but it also has tangible implications for conservation in our rapidly changing world. Let's explore how this principle informs our efforts to preserve our planet's biodiversity. The principle reminds us that conservation is a complex puzzle. A 2020 study in the Journal of Ecology and Evolution suggests that our conservation planning must account for a suite of traits influenced by climate, including metabolism, reproductive rates, and thermal tolerance. Looking to the future, Bergman's rule underscores the need for adaptive conservation measures that are robust to climate. It calls for more research into how animals respond into um, changing climate and how we can facilitate these transitions through conservation efforts. As we ponder the future, it becomes increasingly clear that the principles we uncover, like Bergman's rules, are tools to foresee and shape our world of tomorrow, a world that we must steward with knowledge, foresight, and a deep commitment to the web of life that sustains us all. As we reach the close of today's exploration into Bergman's rules, it's and its multifaceted implications, we find ourselves reflecting on the profound interconnectedness of life. This principle, rooted in observation of nature's patterns, has blossomed into a critical concept of understanding how organisms adapt to their environment. Bergman's rule is not only, or has not only provided insight into natural world's intrinsic order, but also serves as a testament to the power of careful observation and scientific inquiry. It reminds us that the principles we unearth through research and real-world implications from informing the conservation efforts of species like the Arctic fox to anticipating the biological responses to the ever-changing climate. Let's consider for a moment the Arctic fox we discussed earlier. The fox's size is an adaptation to the harsh climes of the polar regions, a direct application of Bergman's rule. The ongoing study of Bergman's rule exemplifies the dynamic nature of science. As our methods refine and our datasets grow, we continuously test and expand our theories to ensure that they reflect the nuances of the natural world. A 2017 review in the Biological Reviews Journal emphasized this particularly, calling for more nuanced application of Bergman's rule, considering not just size and temperature, but also resource availability and life history traits. This adaptive approach to science mirrors the adaptive strategies of the species we study, each adjusting to the ebbs and flows of environmental pressures. It's a dance of complexity and change, with each step forward in our understanding of ecological principles like Bergman's rule, bringing us closer to the harmonious relationship with the world that we inhabit. I think we will end this uh, journey there. If you want more wildlife content, be sure to check out our website at biomedia.org and consider becoming a member. Don't forget, you'll get access to a brand new uh, bio magazine. So let's make this the ultimate wildlife magazine. Additionally, you'll also get access to an extra episode of the Biome podcast. And remember, 100% of all profits from the membership go towards saving species on the brink of extinction. So have a look and explore all the perks on offer for members only at biomedia.org. If you aren't ready to become a member just yet, be sure to sign up for our membership and get a free copy of our Birdwatcher's Log, a printable form to log all your bird sightings and easy to put in a binder. I use it myself and it's great. Newsletters go out about once a month and contain highlights and surprises. 
There's a lot of new things on the site, so be sure to stick around and follow us on social media at biome.media. And don't forget, we love hearing from you, so do please keep in touch. For now, though, we will be back in two weeks with episode 22 of season two. So episode 46 overall, I guess. Until next time, remember to always ask questions. <laughs>